0: I love chaos that's what I love so uh, I love I love getting uh, I love getting the people going I I I don't know if I'd say I say I'd hate soup I just it's just my, not my go-to the country 107 morning show with Dave Anthony
1: so happy to be joined as we are every week with John rush former blue bomber great Cup champ John uh, coming off a loss uh, the bombers I, I don't feel like they played badly but they never really seemed to get going. What was your sense of week three versus the Toronto Argonauts?
0: You know, it's funny. As I was watching it, the game there, I kind of I almost like, looked back at what I was saying last week on air, and, and it was funny because I'm like, you know, all the things I said the Bombers need to do, the Argonauts ended up doing. And I'm like, oh, that's not good. But, uh, you know, it was the first road trip of the year. Uh, in a tough year where the guys, you know, didn't get a preseason to, you know, kind of prep for a road trip game. And, and you know, I'd agree, I'd agree with that, that they just never really got going. They kind of seemed flat the entire time. And, uh, unsurprisingly, to be honest, um, like I said, it's the first road trip of the year. Uh, road games are tough. Road, like, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people don't, you know, understand the the, the toll of hopping on a plane, flying it, you know, Across the second biggest country in the world, and then uh, playing a game the next day—it's not, you know, it's not the easiest thing to do. And but, uh, you know, I'm not making excuses here. They they certainly, you know, came out flat and
1: needed to uh, needed to do better. Yeah, I think the expression that rang in my head the most is something you said from last week as well. Both teams get paid to play this game. It's not like Toronto was just going to roll over and say, "Okay, Winnipeg, here you take another game. uh you got to give credit where credit's due. Toronto came out with a game plan and then executed the game plan
0: it, no exactly and, and and to be honest i was i was i I was more surprised with how Toronto showed up in week two than than what happened you know last week because uh, after watching Toronto play in week one. I'm like, oh wow, this is a good football team. They like they look very good. And then in week two, they it would look like a completely different team. And then and then last week obviously we saw them and what they're capable of and you know and it was back to their week one form. And you know, that's it's it's it was kind of interesting. I was I was pretty surprised with their Toronto's week two performance uh, as opposed to uh
1: Winnipeg's. Yeah, I think that's a great way of putting it. Uh, again with with Winnipeg, you know coming off that first loss again, they never really got their wheels going, but it never felt like they were out of that game. Does that say something about the team, and is that something positive that the guys can take going forward that you know even though they didn't have their best, they were never really out of it?
0: yeah, no it kind of it kind of speaks to the talent of the team, you know what i mean and 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 the ability of these players, you know even if they're uh, even if they're flat they're still right there with the uh, with the other team right and you know everyone you know we're all humans right even if even if professional athletes are paid to play and paid you know to play well uh you know we're all going to have off weeks uh but you know to be flat uh, as we all kind of saw but still be 100% in that game you know it really speaks to uh, you know the, the the sheer talent and um, you know ability of this team
1: offense. Uh, you know they get a lot of the fireworks. They make uh, you know they they usually are the ones that impacting the scoreboard. But boy, it was the bombers defense just critical in keeping them in those games and it's not something you count on offense from the defense but when you have uh, you know a couple of scores or some big stops and a game uh, like Jackson Jeffcoat had what does that do for the rest of the team when the defense is really making such an impact on both sides of the ball you know it's
0: it's an absolute game changer
1: uh being able to uh, have a defense
0: that's that talented uh you know and they they were my pick last week the front seven uh, with my pick last week and Jackson Jeffcoat came out, had a stellar team. Jesse Bray scored a touchdown. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy with how my pick turned out uh, for unsung heroes, but, uh, but as a, you know, a, a team aspect, it's, you know, it's, it's undeniable, um, you know, the, how, how much energy it brings to the team. It's crazy how you can feel it when you're on that sideline, when a defense is doing well and, you know, getting interceptions, getting sacks, getting you know, a, a touchdown, it completely changes the tide of a game in, in one play. And there's, you know, there's plenty of studies and there's plenty of stats that talk about how um, holding on to the ball and not creating turnovers is pretty much key to success because every game can be boiled down to you know, a few key plays, and usually those key plays are turnovers. You know, you're giving that other team more opportunities to score or, uh, you know, like we saw last week, the defense just straight up scoring there. More oftentimes than not, that team's going to win. Right. And obviously it didn't happen last week. But, you know, um, if you're a stats person, uh, the stats are, are in our favor with the defense, you know, playing lights out like that.
1: Talking with John Rush uh, about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers heading into week four, a, a rare Sunday game. We'll get to that in just a little bit. John, as a fan, I can look at the numbers, I can watch the game, and, and I can start growing concerned at times for no reason. Zach Kalaros goes 18 of 34 for 204 yards, two TDs and interception. Didn't look great, didn't look like he had his A or maybe even his B game through most of that contest. Is it far too early to be concerned about a quarterback as veteran as Zach Kalaros?
0: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Zach uh Zach's a pro through and through and and you know, it's always interesting. I always you know, whenever I whenever I, you know, turn on T S N or, or Sports Center or whatever whatever, you know, even on Instagram you see it and you know, you have all these sports announcers calling for the quarterback's head. I'm always like I sat in those meetings and a lot of the times, you know, these these you know, interceptions or or you know, drop balls or you know, miss passes and stuff like that. I'd probably take a take a stab at you know saying at least twenty five percent of those aren't always the quarters back, quarterbacks' fault. You know, it's it's the you know the timing being off, the receiver not taking the right steps, and the receiver not being in the right spot. It, there's so many different factors that go into it, and ultimately, yes, it you know it, it is the quarterback's job to get the ball to the receiver but it's also the receiver's job to be in the right spot where the quarterback is expecting them to be and and a lot of there's so much predicated and you know when you get to the pros so much of it is a game of inches you know being 2 inches off throws up the quarterback's ability to get that ball in there so he has to so he has to sail it over or something like that so um you know there's there's so much more that goes on behind the scenes that you know I would be I would be more interested in uh, kind of dissecting than than Zach just having you know maybe not his you know Super Bowl performance or great Cup performance in one game so there's I, there's absolutely no reason to be concerned about Zachy that guy's a, that guy's an absolute pro
1: all right, but what about uh, the kicking? Is there reason to be concerned? About the Blue Bombers' kicking going forward, because those are big points that those kickers are are usually in situations to either make or miss. Is the kicking situation something that concerns you? Uh,
0: so that, that's an actually that's a that's a very interesting question, and you know, I had the I had the very fortunate um, opportunity to play with literally one of the greatest kickers in Canadian history, Justin Medlock, and I think uh, Winnipeg has been incredibly spoiled by having justin on the team for the past four years so uh from going going from you know lights out justin medlock uh to some younger guys um it's obviously a stark contrast right and it kind of like you said it kind of shows you uh, the importance of kicking in the cfl <laughs> like it uh, is a very important factor in, in canadian football and um, you know i was actually i was surprised that just they didn't bring justin back uh, just with how you know how lights out he is it was uh i was a, that was a big shock to me and um you know like kicking is kicking is such an important factor of, in this dfl that uh you know it it is something to be you know something to watch out for in the coming week it is you know if 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 another game a bad game happens you know it it's uh, you know it's not looking good.
1: No, totally agree with that. Uh, talking with John Rush, John. Before we get into uh, Calgary and a couple of other little things, uh, let's get to your unsung hero, who you really liked in Week Three, and who you think is going to have a big game uh, against Calgary. I know that uh, Jackson Jeffco got a, a lot of the hype, but who did you like that maybe didn't get as much spotlight as they deserved in Week Three?
0: I w- I want to say, um, and I know I know he. Well, there's two guys. There's two guys, and they both hate the spotlight, so if they ever hear this, they'll, they'll hate me for it. But uh, Mike Miller, um, obviously becoming the leading special teams tackler of all time, and probably no one will ever catch his record uh, because he is literally just the best. It, it's absolutely absurd that teams do not game plan for Mike Miller. Uh, we've seen it. I've played with him for four years, and not one team we ever played against Ever game plan for Mike Miller and it just made no sense to me. Um, he's literally the greatest special teams player of all time. Uh, and then Jesse Briggs, uh, probably one of the quietest people. Most people listening to this probably don't even know who he is, but he's currently our starting will linebacker. And he he, I, when I was watching that game, he flows to the football so fast. He, I mean, he scored a touchdown, obviously, which is uh, which is huge. Uh, But he's such a good player that he's so reliable and that's why he's been in the CFL for so long. He's always going to be in the right spot to make the play. And that's something that's sometimes very underrated that a lot of people don't see because they, you know, a lot of people just want the highlights, the big plays, the big runs, the big catch, the big hit. Uh, Jesse's not that kind of guy, nor is he on social media. And, um, and you, you know he he's always in that right spot. He's always there. He's always you know even even in the in two games ago against Toronto, uh, something very few people would have picked up on. But on a dropped pass, Jesse picked up the ball and ran it back to the end zone. And what that does, and it's something we talk about often, is if. We thought that was actually a fumble instead of a drop pass, and Jesse brought that back. That would have counted as a touchdown for us. And like his football intelligence is just so through the roof, and not many people would actually notice this. Like because like I said, most people just want the highlight. But Jesse Briggs is you know that guy's lights out on the field. He's so good.
1: John, in your opinion, uh, who needs to step up for Winnipeg when they take on the Calgary Stampeders, who are coming off a win themselves? You know, like, hasn't very been positive, or a lot of uh, positive vibes in Calgary this year so far. Uh, to get that win against Montreal was big. So who do you think needs to step up, if, if you're the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, to get back into the winning side of the, the ledger?
0: Yeah, you know, I, 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 a lot of it, I think, comes down to, you know, the... The defense is obviously doing their thing. They're, you know, they're lights out. They're, you know, they're creating tape turnovers. They're, they're doing their thing. And, um, you know, I think I think a big part of it, as most people kind of understand, uh, it, it comes down to the running game. And, and opening up that running game uh, opens up kind of everything else, right? If you if you've got a good running game, you're getting you're putting your quarterback in a better position, so he doesn't have to go you know second and long so you know he can do a dump pass you know we can do a 3 yard pass still get that first down um you know it opens it up cuz it brings the linebackers in so we can get in behind them and throw those 15 yard passes to get you know keep moving the chains on first down uh things like that right it it and it it prolongs those series as well uh which we talked about last week it gives the defense a break so you know, it, you know getting those you know 50 yard bombs to Darvin is is great. 100%, we love those, we need those. It you know it does a lot, but at the same time, uh, you know we can't we can't just survive on uh, you know we can't just expect you know no quarterback throws 10 50 yard bombs in a in a game, right? That's not really how it works. And uh, really realistically, the only way we can open up those 50 yard bombs is when we're you know we're running the ball. And, you know, we're, we're sucking everybody else up and, you know, prolonging those drives and giving the defensive break That's that's really ultimately what it comes down to.
1: And, you know, like looking at the stats of this Calgary Montreal game, Calgary was throwing the ball all over the field and the secondary of Winnipeg, which has made some big plays is going to have to be well aware, like there's ball hawk opportunities, but if they miss their assignments, they're going to, they could give up some major points. So they really I think they really need to be, you know, mentally engaged, especially early against Calgary who may be feeling like gunslingers again here.
0: Yeah, no, exactly, right. And and you know, and definitely with Bo Levi, he uh you know, he's obviously he's a pro. He's been, you know, one of the most consistently good quarterbacks in the league for a long time. And uh without his go to targets this year, he's obviously been struggling a little bit. But uh, you know, the bombers secondary is, you know, as it's, not, it's no secret that they're a little bit younger than, or not as seasoned as some other uh, secondaries in the league, right? So um, I would 100% be expecting Bo to come out, you know, guns blazing against this to, to definitely test them out. I would expect at least in the first, the first or second drive for Bo Levi to, to throw at least one 50-yard bomb.
1: Well, I got to tell you, Bo is out. He's on the six-game injured list with a broken leg.
0: No way! That's yeah. uh, that's actually shocking. Yeah, I, to be honest, I don't pay too much attention to the the other team's injured list except for Winnipeg. So uh, that's uh, that's devastating, actually.
1: It is, and that's uh, why I think Calgary getting that win versus Montreal makes it even you know bigger for them. It's one of those team come together kind of wins. Uh, speaking of injuries, though, John, we saw a couple of scary moments in the game. Winnipeg and, and Toronto uh, both with with a Toronto Argonaut player getting decked, and then a couple of bombers running into a gather friendly fire can actually be worse for injuries as a player you know injuries are a part of football and you I'm sure you've seen some pretty severe injuries as well just how do you is it to each individual player to mentally bounce back after seeing an injured teammate or injured opposition or or how do the coaches get uh, the players back mentally engaged after seeing somebody go down
0: you know it, especially when it's like in the moment and on the field it's, it's super it's it is difficult. It is very difficult to kind of get everyone back uh, engaged um, after kind of sitting around uh, for so long and, and seeing if, if, especially if it's a bad injury um, or or you know a key player or something like that. It it makes it it makes it difficult for a lot of the guys to you know stay mentally in, in it. But at the same time, you know the bombers and their coaching staff do such a good job of um, you know coaching. Every player on the game plan, not just, you know, the the starters or who, you know, who's in kind of thing that, you know, everyone, if something, you know, God forbid happens, you know, because, no, you know, it is a part of the game, unfortunately, but no one wishes it upon anybody, you know, like that's not something anybody wants, um, but it is a part of the game. So, uh, you know, the, the Bombers do such a good job that of coaching the players that, you know, in, you know, the case that something happens. Uh, the next guy in has the ability and, and the rest of the guys can trust that he's going to know what's going on and he's going to be able to do his job uh,
1: to help the team win. I've taken up a lot of your time, but I do have one more before we get into prediction, and then we got to talk about your Twitter a little bit. Do Sunday games throw off uh, players' timing or, or players' rhythm as, when they're getting ready for a game? Bombers have back-to-back Sunday games here. Is that going to be different for them, or do players even notice that kind of stuff?
0: Uh, You know, it's it's actually a really interesting question Um, because, like, yes and no. Um, When I first got into the league, it was, like, my first year, it was a struggle because, you know, I came from the CIS, all our games were on the same day, it was like, you know, with cake, you knew exactly what was going on. Then all of a sudden, you're flying across the country, you're staying in hotels, and uh, your games are on Thursday night or Friday or Saturday, you know, it was uh it was uh, a big adjustment in my first year it was very odd and all of our games were night games too which was uh so you're kind of sitting around all day trying to figure out what to do until game time that was uh that was certainly uh, an adjustment in my first year uh but once you get into a routine and a rhythm and you kind of know what to expect it it doesn't really change much uh especially it's actually better that they go they go back to back sunday games because then then you can actually get into like a normal work week for that second one uh, whereas opposed if you went you know if you went Sunday Friday Sunday or something like that it would it throws everything kind of out of whack the hardest the hardest is the part and they've tried the CFOs done a pretty good job of trying to get rid of this is going kind of like the Sunday game to a Thursday game mm-hmm. that's the hardest transition because you're not fully recovered you don't get the amount of practice time the prep time is not the same and and to my knowledge, I'm pretty sure there's no, um, there's no nobody has to do that this year. Uh, I could be wrong. I'm not an expert on the schedule, but um, in my first and second year, there was actually quite a few games like that, and those were those were significantly harder than the uh, um, than, than than a like, kind of a Sunday game.
1: All right, John, uh, give us your prediction. What you think may happen coming up on Sunday as the Bombers take on uh, Calgary? You know what?
0: Uh, I'm obviously a Bomber faithful, um, and, and I've been I've been right two out of three times this year so far. So I'm going with the Bombers win again. Um, it'll be interesting uh, to see. I think the I think the the Bombers offense has a really good opportunity if they can assert their their run uh, early, that they'll they can score a lot of points. But uh if they don't get that going then it could be uh it could be, you know, bad news bears for them. So uh I I have I have faith, but uh I think the score is gonna be twenty to six for the blue bombers.
1: All right, so the defense showing their teeth again, offense getting going. I like that prediction. John, before we let you go, we got to talk a little bit about your Twitter account because if you do not follow at JohnRush32, you need to. It is hilarious. Uh, One of your most popular tweets, uh, all your popular tweets, it seems to be about your dogs. You have great random thoughts, but your dogs are really the star of your social media accounts. On Twitter, you got one tweet with 11,600 likes. Uh, did Bailey end up getting any of your tater tots? That uh, at least uh, they tried to get there.
0: Uh, yeah, no, she uh, she got a couple of my tater tots. They, you know, it's funny because um, it's. I was actually I had pizza. I had pizza two nights ago, and they team up on me. They like they they have this down to a science. They know they know how to play me. So Bailey, well, I had my pizza on the, the, the table in front of my couch and Bailey will come up and like try and try and bug me from the side and I'm trying to push her away cuz I'm trying to eat my pizza and all of a sudden I look back and Bone's face deep inside of the pizza box and I'm just and then so then I go and then I'm freaking out I'm like oh my god Bone I'm trying to trying to control Bone to get away from the pizza box I turn around Bailey's licking the the ranch dressing off my plate and I'm just like you like you guys coordinated this didn't you and you know it's not the first time it's happened either so uh yeah, after after I tweeted that everyone was asking, but yeah, she, she definitely got some of my tater tots that day.
1: Absolutely love that. And those dogs are, are fantastic. Uh what is your uh vegan recommendation for anybody watching on a Sunday night? So it's gonna be a little bit a bit of a different feel. Maybe it won't be a party atmosphere uh while watching the Bombers Calgary. What's your vegan meal suggestion for that uh for that game?
0: You know what? I'm actually just looking at making a, a, a s'mores recipe this week uh in the air fryer so i'm 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 a bit obsessed with my air fryer right now. I use it every single day because it's amazing and uh i'm gonna i'm gonna try and figure out how to make vegan smores uh in the air fryer so uh if you're if you know if you're kind of if it's like eight o'clock on a on a Sunday night you know a nice campfire the the weather's getting a little bit cooler. throw the game on the projector on the side of the house maybe make some smores uh, It's not a bad idea.
1: That is awesome, and I'm sorry i got to do one more to you here only because it just popped up again. Confirm or deny, figure it out, lay it out on the line here, John. Do you or do you not hate soup? Because I don't think people really are (laughs) quite sure which side of the fence you're landing on anymore. You came out with a scorching hot take, and then you may have backed off on it. I don't know. Do you love or hate soup? I love chaos. (laughs) That's what I love.
0: So, uh, I love, I love getting, uh, I love getting the people going. I, I, I don't know if I'd say I'd hate soup. I just, it's just not not my go-to. I'm always left hungry after I eat soup. So I would never pick it as a meal, you know, like I would always pick something else as over soup. I just don't understand why people pick soup first. Like I just, it would never be me. Like if I had it, like if it came with a with a meal, if it you know if it came you know as an appetizer kind of thing or as a side, sure, great, I'm gonna eat it. Like it's tasty, but there's not a lot of nutrition in it. It's not filling. Um, you know, I I just don't I just don't really understand the point of it to be
1: honest. I love you're talking yourself into a circle now. You're like, yeah, it's fine, and then you start listing off all the reasons it's not great, and then yeah. it's just <laughs> great. I like that a lot. Uh, For fashion advice, for food advice, and more, follow him on Twitter, at JohnRush32. How can people find you on Instagram, John? Because I know you're very active on there as well.
0: Yeah, my Instagram is at JohnRush5.
1: At JohnRush5 on Insta. John, thanks so much for doing this today. I appreciate it. Yeah,
0: no, thanks a lot. We'll, We'll chat next week, okay?
1: The Country 107 Morning Show with Dave Anthony. Weekday mornings, only on Country 107.